That's your license, miss? What's the matter, officer? Have I done something wrong? I don't know yet, miss. Where are you going? San Francisco. What have you got here and back? Just my painting stuff. I'm an amateur landscape painter. Have a look, if you don't mind. Go right ahead. Don't get the oil paints on your sleeve. They're still wet. Okay, miss. with that ashtray because she made life miserable for you. I know how it is. I live with my sister and her husband. Now, they get along fine. So fine that one day he threw a bread knife at her. She ducked. That's the way it goes. Maybe if your wife had a duck, there'd be no trial, no Quentin, no on the lamp. That's life. Uh-oh. Good evening. This is Noir, November of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. That, of course, is Dark Passage, 1947. And I bring it up because, well, it is Noir, November. And I hadn't watched Dark Passage in a long time. Last time I watched it was with friends. And it was on Turner Classic Movies today, and I actually sat and watched it. Didn't go about my day like I usually did, I just something compelled me to watch the film released September of 1947 directed by Delmer Daves Humphrey Bogart, Lauren McCall Bruce Bennett, Agnes Moorhead yes that Agnes Moorhead and Dora from Bewitched she was also in Caged and my friend's personal favorite Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte Dark Passage is filmed in San Francisco it was right after, of course, the big sleep, Bogart and Bacall. That that was the the film, and Bacall said something interesting about Dark Passage. I think because she liked she liked San Francisco, and um, I should know because I'm not too far from San Francisco, and so to see those moments on film and. You know, Bogart had filmed the Maltese Falcon. That that takes place in San Francisco also. It's a legendary film. It was on today. And it's told from an interesting standpoint. So Bogart is this... I, I won't give all of it away, but he is this fugitive on the run from San Quentin. <laughs> if you're on the run from San Quentin, it's serious. Um... And, but the way the film first starts off is it's told through his eyes. You never see his face. And then there's a reason why. It's because he has the wanted face. So he runs into a gentleman who says, well, I'm going to take you to a plastic surgeon. And so he takes him to a plastic surgeon and things, things change. 
And um, if we can get a little piece of that. But it's it's basically told through the character's eyes. You never see the Humphrey Bogart character. You just see things through his eyes. And then he gets the plastic surgery and everything changes. How's it going? Going all right. Longest 12 blocks I ever walked. Don't be nervous. I know how bad these things can be. Just a couple of weeks ago, I picked up a dame in my cab. She must have had her face lifted by one of them quacks. She got caught in the rain. The whole thing dropped down to here. She should have left it unlifted. But this guy is great. And no quack. Yeah, that's that's the kind of doctor he gets. But hey, when you're on the run, you're on the run. That protects me. No, I've never felt. Uh, I've never had to make myself homeless. Uh, I think a lot of that comes from growing up with uh, without a, a father, and 
I think you get a little uneasy about yourself, you know. And although my mother was fantastic and always supported me, and she was a great, great woman. But I was always nervous about my, you know, appearing, and I never felt, I never was brazen. I mean, I could have seemed pushy when I was selling Actors Q in front of Sardis, but trying to be uh, producers of plays so that I could get to have an audition. But I never, uh, I never felt secure. I still have my doubts, not all the time, but I never walk in to a room knowing, here I am, guys, you know, I just, but I do speak my mind, which of course upsets some macho men who don't think a woman has a right to a mind. Uh, well, I still get that, you know. I, I've had that, you know. My pal, Sidney LeMet, who I'm very, very fond of, and God knows I have a lot of respect for. When I say something, he always says, why don't you tell us what you really feel? That, that old line, you know. <laughs> and I say, if I were a guy, you would never ask that question. You would never say that. Only to a woman. And that's Lauren Bacall talking to Eddie Mueller about insecurity in film and she did a lot of them with with Bogart so Dark Passage well I have Dexter on the brain so I almost said Dark Passenger there's a lot going on in this film from the beginning to the end and in some aspects you would think oh it's a quintessential Bogart McCall it's not because they're like I said before you don't see Bogart's face. You just hear his voice. And then, of course, you see Agnes Moorhead. Miss Raft? Oh, someone just warped it. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I wonder why they would do that, but, well, see, we hit a snag on the Dr. Zeus film podcast. Do I edit it out? No, I don't. So let's see. Yeah, we could just go back to here. Sure, you can stay, but you shouldn't. I need a week. 
Chief, Vince, the cops may be on the way here right now. I can't travel with this face. It's plastered all over the papers. It needs to be changed. I'm going there tonight. Plastic surgery? That costs money. I've got plenty. A girl named Irene Jansen gave it to me. I didn't realize it then, but she came to my trial every day. I remember that girl. I wanted one. I want you to remember her name, Irene Jansen. She and you are all I've got to bank on. You can depend on me. And so that is his friend. Let me go back. That's his friend George Felsinger, played by the late Rory Rory Malison. This is a really great cast. And what happens? Well, that's the stuff of Warner Brothers legend. We came to Bogart and Bacall. Here we go. Warner Brothers paid author David Goodis $25,000 for the rights to the story, which had originally been serialized in the Saturday Evening Post from July 20th to September 7th, 1946, before being published in book form. Bogart himself had read the book and wanted to make it into a movie. At the time that Dark Passage was shot, Bogart was the best paid actor in Hollywood, averaging $450,000 a year. Robert Montgomery had made the film The Lady in the Lake, which also uses subjective camera technique, in which the viewer sees the action through the protagonist's eyes, so that's what you're seeing and hearing in Dark Passage. This technique was used in 1927 in France by Avil Gantz for Napoleon, and by the director Ruben Malamon for the first five minutes of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, 1931. Film critic uh, Hal Erickson believes Dark Passage does a better job at using this point of view technique writing. The first hour or so of Dark Passage does the same thing, and the results are far more successful than anything in Montgomery's film. According to Bacall in her autobiography by myself, during the filming of Dark Passage, Bogart's hair began to fall out in clumps, the result of alopecia accreta. Although photos from their 1945 wedding show Bogart to be losing his hair two years earlier, by the end of filming he wore a full wig. Bogart eventually had B2, B12 shots and other treatments to counter, counteract the effects, but he was helped by the fact that this is this that in his next film, The Treasure of Sarah Madre, he was required to wear a full wig. Filming locations. Parts of the film were filmed in the location of San Francisco, including the filbert steps and cable car system. The elegant, streamlined, modern Bollocks building on Telegraph was used for the apartment of Irene Jensen, where Perry hides out and recuperates from his surgery. Apartment number 10 was Jensen's. The current residents of that apartment occasionally place a cutout of Bogart in the window. The dinner was Harry Wagons at the 1921 Post Street, a long closed diner in the Fillmore District of San Francisco. Some critics, as always, didn't enjoy the film. I say fuck them because it's the people who determine these films. So as always... What's, what's wrong with you? Nothing you can't fix. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs>